Hello everyone, Gary Tester here from Catholic Charities along with Father Anthony Ahrens and we're here for Mercy in Action. Father, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, you know, this, this is a great day. And Indeed. I think we're going to have a great podcast today. I think we are of too. Who we have with us? Absolutely. You we know. welcome Debbie Vega. Hello, everyone from Catholic Charities of Central Florida. You know, kind of a Homer crowd here. I've I've managed to bring in my chaplain, my director of comprehensive refugee services. I'm feeling very comfortable. Oh, awesome. Well, you know, I mean, they used to say dynamic duo, but we are now the trio. terrific the trio. Oh, 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 okay. You say I thought it was a terrible, but it's terrific. Oh, terrific, Ter- terrific. <laughs> okay, we're a terrific. terrific trio. Good. Okay. I can see we're so, going to have trouble corralling uh, us today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Once again, just a reminder for folks, the purpose of Mercy in Action is to talk about different acts of mercy that we carry on throughout the diocese. We looked, Debbie, at a variety of programs, and today we want to talk about that importance of welcoming the stranger. So typically what we do is we start off with Father Anthony offering a prayer and reflection to set the mood for us in terms of the conversation we're about to have. Father? So greetings all. So as always, we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, to whom no one is a stranger, and from whose help no one is ever distant, look with compassion on refugees and exiles, on segregated persons and on lost children. Restore them, we pray, to a homeland, and give us a kind heart for the needy and for strangers. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to read two sections of scripture that will sort of speak for themselves. The first one comes from the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 33. When an alien resides with you in your land, do not mistreat such a one. You shall treat the alien who resides with you no differently than the natives born among you. You shall love the alien as yourself. For you too were once aliens in the land of Egypt. I, the Lord, am your God. And from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, beginning at verse 35, which is Gary's favorite passage in the scripture. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me, naked, and you clothed me, ill, and you cared for me, in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. And I'm sure that as we we hear these two passages from Scripture, we're told that God wants us to treat the alien, the refugee, just as if he or she were a native of our land. Because by so doing, the gospel reading says that we're doing that to the Lord himself. And so that that reading from Leviticus ended by saying, I am the Lord. And so it means that we are going to be obedient to the Lord as we take care of these, our brothers and sisters. 
Because very often when they come to our country, we find that they are hungry, they're in need of food, but they're also in need of affection. They're hungry for that. They're thirsty. They're naked. Sometimes they are detained and so put in prison. They come, they're ill. They need medicine. They need so many things. And so by us reaching out to them, we're saying, I can see the Lord in you, and therefore I'm ministering to you. And, and it is so good that today we're going to talk about that aspect of carrying out this work of mercy here in the Diocese of Orlando, and especially through Catholic Charities. Indeed, it's true. You know, Father, one of the things that people struggle with is the whole idea that some folks from some countries are different than other folks from other countries. And what you've done in, in working through Scripture today with us is simply pointed out that it's really not for us to worry about, that we're all created in God's likeness and image. That part is from Scripture. We are commanded by the Lord, who is our God, uh, to care for others and to welcome the stranger. And so, Debbie, let's turn to you. Give us a little sense of the scope of ministry that occurs at Catholic Charities through your program. Through Comprehensive Refugee Services, we provide assistance to refugees um, that arrive from other countries. We provide assistance to asylees, individuals that arrive in the United States and, and ask for the United States to accept them because they cannot return to their country of origin. And we also accept individuals that are Cuban or Haitian entrants that come through many different ways into the United States seeking assistance and fleeing possible economic and political persecution in their country. So when they arrive here, a lot of these individuals don't know what the culture is here. They don't understand processes, things like a birth certificate or maybe even just going to the Social Security office, understanding that we have to register our children in, in school. Some individuals that come through this via don't understand the culture here. So we service them through our program um, by giving them education, orienting them to the area that they're um, currently living in, and giving them services that will help them move forward and even advance in their future if they were professionals in their country of origin. And we provide it through case management. We provide it through employment services and career laddering assistance. We provide it through youth services for those young um, 16 to 19 year olds that are coming in to the United States and having to pass an FSA, SAT to be able to graduate from high school. We assist them through adult education. One of my favorite programs is teaching um, individuals English and giving them the opportunity to understand what's happening in their surroundings. Also through legal services so that they can can adjust their status and be able to become employable and, and actually be a productive member of the community. So let's break this down a little bit, mm -hmm. because I think for a lot of folks, the, just the nomenclature, just mm -hmm. the language we use is confusing. Mm -hmm. So you articulated, we have refugees, mm -hmm. we have immigrants, we have asylees, and we have Cuban and Haitian entrants. Mm -hmm. Let's talk, for example, about the Haitian and Cuban entrants. How do we get involved with them, Debbie? 
Well, they receive a status um, when they um, enter the United States, and basically it's called parolee status. They're paroled into the United States for human humanitarian interests. So it's not criminal justice parole? No, no. Okay, so when yes. they hear parolee mm-hmm. status, what does that mean? Did help us to understand they're coming here usually out of economic hardship? The economic hardship, or they have an asylum claim. Uh, okay. They have a claim to asylum. So they are allowed into the United States and are pending hearing or pending some type of process that will determine if they will receive asylum or relief in the United States. Sometimes it can get very confusing because that status can be prolonged. It could be, Mm -hmm. you could be under that status for a very long time. But usually these individuals are coming in, applying for asylum, and eventually maybe going through a court process that will lead to them either being approved or being put in removal proceedings that would lead to deportation eventually. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it's really important, Father Anthony, because this is such a politically charged topic in the world around us, but here at Catholic Charities from Catholic Social Teaching, it's not politically charged at all. So we have folks who come to the United States from, in this case, Cuba and Haiti, and they are here legally Mm -hmm. seeking a process in the immigration court that will determine what their status should be in the United States. Correct. So in the process of doing that, we are following Matthew 25. We're helping them in every way possible to try and and make their stay here in the United States for whatever period of time as comfortable and productive as it can be. And obviously, I can ask loaded questions because it's one of our programs at Catholic Charities, and Debbie's done a great job of educating me over the years I've been here. Debbie, talk to us about the employment services piece. So many people come here, and in the country from which they're arriving, they may have had a particular status and a particular profession that changes when they get here. Why does that occur? Just, oh. just before you answer that, you know, how do they first of all get connected with Catholic mm. charities for that program? Thanks, you Father. Know? Well, because we've been around for so, so many years, a lot of the connection to us, a refugee is connected in a more complicated way through our United States Catholic Conference brothers and sisters that do refer those um, individuals to the different Catholic charities in the country. But asylees and entrants usually find out through word of mouth because they know that we've been around for many years. So they know that Catholic Charities here in Orlando provides a service and an asylum, a person who applies for asylum and is approved asylum does get a letter that usually states that Catholic Charities is one of the providers of assistance here in Orlando. The individuals we serve do not have to be Catholic to be served. Um, The individuals that we serve come from many different faiths, come from many different countries, and we serve them because we are Catholic. We serve them because we see what Father Anthony had talked about in the scripture, that we love them because they are uh, part of our creation and part of, of this one world that we live in. So the individuals that do come in, you know, we know if you watch the news, if you you know, look at the news on the internet, you know that there is a lot of strife and situations that are occurring in Haiti that are causing for those individuals to, to make their way through to the United States through our borders, um, southern borders. And they do arrive to us confused. They do arrive to us not knowing what the next step is going to be. One 
one of the things that I talk about a lot is that we as individuals sometimes take for granted these these things that we do every day, the going to the grocery store, knowing how to get help at uh, Social Security or being able to just, you know, get assistance at a store, going to buy cheaper groceries at certain um, locations. You know, do I go to fancy fruit or do I buy everything at Publix? And we go through this process of giving them an orientation so they understand what the differences are. We as uh, Catholic Charities also understand that integration and a person understanding or feeling part of you know, the community that they're in has a lot to do how, uh, from where they start, um, mm-hmm. that they have to see the smiling face, that they have to have the, those arms that hold them and help them through the the very, very, very nervous times, and that they have somebody that guides them through the process little by little, so that if they learn their language, if they're able to go back to maybe their previous occupation, um, so if they were a doctor in Cuba, they were a doctor in Haiti, or or even a doctor in Congo. They get here and they're always a doctor and they would like to go into that um, career field and they don't have the language skills. Well, at Catholic Charities, we provide them with English language education. They can um, start building those English skills possibly get into a job that is not necessarily a doctor, but they could be working as a nurse or at any level mm-hmm. and, and build to becoming a doctor eventually. And I would think, you know, if, if we haven't lived that experience, sometimes we can't visualize how stressful it could be when you were at a certain level when you first came sure. and now have to go through all this uh, th- all this process to, to actually um, get back to who you used to be. It's trying. It's um, it's a it's a blow to self esteem, and that's why there's a lot of love in what we do, and but a lot of truth as well. So we have to be honest and speak truth to each other so that we can help them climb the steps that they have to climb. You know, I think that's a really important piece. That again, mm-hmm. um, if we just concentrate on how the news works, we lose sight of some of the realities of of helping folks. I think realistically speaking, when Debbie talks about telling truth, one of the things I'm most proud of with our teams is that they're very good about assessing a situation and then giving really strong, genuine, transparent guidance about how to address that situation. Um, And so we'll get folks who may say that, well, I I don't, for example, I don't want to learn English. I'm comfortable where I am, but I want to achieve this kind of a job. And our team will make it very clear you're not going to achieve that kind of employment here unless you work with us to help you get where you need mm-hmm. to be with your English language skills. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like sorting out a big wad of different colored yarns. Yes. Um, you know, we've, we've got to slowly work our way through and, and pull things apart um, because lives are fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we've got to be able to talk with them honestly about their situation. I remember our folks from Cuba. Yes. You helping me to understand that. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason we weren't recommending for a lot of folks from Cuba when President Obama revoked wet foot, dry foot, mm-hmm. our teams were not recommending asylum filings for many people from Cuba simply because many of them didn't qualify. They, they weren't under two circumstances that would lend themselves to an asylum finding. Mm-hmm. So don't take their money 
and tell them that you'll file the paperwork knowing that they're that there's a different way to help them. You know, that's one of the things that the truth that we were talking about, you know, when a, when a client or an individual comes in to talk to our legal staff, sometimes, you know, they leave and they're like, they didn't help me with anything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, the truth of the matter is that they told them the truth, that there's really no relief, that we are not going to take your money if we do not feel that you have something that you can fight for and that's viable. One of the things that we want to promote um, as part of uh, CRS is is more mentorship, mm-hmm. um, Gary. We, we, we're looking for individuals that are willing to work with 16 to 24-year-olds that would like to not just become, not just tutor and help with academics, but that really becomes a family friend. Because through this process, we found that mentorship, especially with somebody that is not from your mm-hmm. Uh, country of origin does help an individual reach um, acculturation or meet that quicker. They start feeling like they do belong here. Okay. If you're interested, you can call us at Catholic Charities at 407-658-1818. And can you repeat that number, please? That's 407-658-1818. If you're interested in becoming a mentor, family, friend, we really, really, really need you. Who would, okay, so that kind of opportunity will, will be attractive to folks. So one of the logical questions is, well, I'm not sure what kind of a mentor you're looking for and I'm interested in mentoring so if I call what do I need to understand like do I have to be a certain age what are the things you're looking for as a program in terms of people who can be helpful mentors well uh, mentors should be individuals that are comfortable working with um, ages to 16 to 24 we're trying to focus our attention on, on young people young adults that are heading into the workforce we are helping those that um, need assistance academically um, so that they can pass their FSAs, that they can pass their SATs and get into college if that's their goal. And those that um, would like to pursue a career or a vocational program and push them and help keep them motivated um, so that they are able to reach their goals. So how could you do that? If you're really good at math, come help us. If you're really good at science, come help us and tutor one of our our young adults. If you are a professional, we have um, young adults that would like to work in the nursing field, in different types of Mm -hmm. vocational environments, please um, give us a call. And maybe you have opportunities at your business um, and you'd like to mentor a young adult please give us a call so that you can become one of those mentors. I will tell you a a short little story. It's not necessarily related to youth, but I worked with Bosnians and they told me, you know, you're going to be in charge of getting volunteers to work with this population. So I said, well, I need to learn how to be a volunteer and kind of go through this process. And I volunteered to help a mom learn how to drive. Okay. She did not speak English. She didn't speak Spanish. She didn't speak my language, but we were going to understand each other. So we had individuals in our office that spoke Serbian. And I said, how do you say left? How do you say right? How do you say stop? And how do you say, oh, my God, please help me. (laughs) So I learned how to say stane, desno, lievo, and omoj boše pomozi mi. And she and I didn't understand each other. I know how to say yaka kafa because she made really strong coffee coffee. And I used to get in the car with her two times a week and she got her license. We fear 
what we don't know. Absolutely. We fear that we may not be able to understand mm-hmm. each other, but I tell you that the Lord does what he does really well. I mm-hmm. would not be doing this work for the many years that I've done it if I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we want to pass that passion to you. We want you to be part of that. We want you to, you have something to give, but you will receive much more than you give. That's Definitely. beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, absolutely it's beautiful. so great that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, you're truly helping all these refugees and immigrants to find a homeland. It does the prayer. The only prayer didn't say to return their ho- to their homeland, mm-hmm. but to find a homeland. So to be treated as if they're at home here. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. And you know, we only have a couple of minutes left. But Father Anthony just touched on something that I think is very important, and this is another thing that Debbie and her team have taught me. Debbie, a lot of folks who come to the United States long for their homeland. Talk just for a couple of minutes about that. If you talk to any of the refugees, any any of the immigrants that we work with, um, they have left because they had to leave, um, or at least in their experience, mm-hmm. they felt that they could not be where they were. And um, they would love to be back home. They would love to be back home. You always, um, you know, I could go back to Puerto Rico whenever I want. Right. Um, and they can't. Um, if there's a sick mom back home or a sick child that maybe were left behind, uh, refugees can't just get on a plane mm. and go back. So um, they definitely always, uh, they call it in Spanish, añorar. You, you, you wish for that uh, uh, going back and feeling at home. Um, but yes, um, that is a very emotional um, separation. Um, and it, it is, is, it's a, for those who, of us who have never experienced it, mm-hmm. it's something that we take for granted because mm-hmm. we've never really right. experienced it. Right. So it, they do want to go back home. Home yeah. is, is where their heart is, is you know, want to be. Well, and, you know, I think the beautiful part here, Father Anthony and Debbie, is I, we invite folks who are listening, pray for our ministries. Pray for the individuals of all ages and all mm-hmm. countries, ethnicities, religion. Pray for them. Mm-hmm. Pray for us as we work so hard to deliver these great services Um, and pray that God may lead you to say, I want to figure out how to be involved in helping. Uh, You know, we've talked about it before, and it's it's true of many places, but especially true at Catholic Charities of Central Florida. If you have a desire to help, we will find a way for you to be able to do that. And I think, Debbie, you've really articulated today just a beautiful ministry that yeah. folks can become involved in. This is Definitely. great. Yes. <laughs> it really is. So, again, if folks are interested, uh, they can call our phone. It's 407-658-1818. You can also visit our website, which is www.cflcc.org. Um, and you can find information there about volunteer opportunities. Father, would you close us with prayer? Yes, I'll, I'll so do. And I'm mm-hmm. going to use the closing prayer, the prayer after communion for the Mass for Refugees and Exiles. O Lord, who have renewed us with the one bread and the one chalice, grant that in sincerity of heart we may show true compassion towards strangers and the abandoned, and that all of us may deserve to be gathered together at last in the land of the living, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, everyone. 